This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Hold up. Hour two on the block comes your way. Thanks for dialing up 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. You can watch the show here on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Thanks to our friends at Starter Heyman Jewelers providing the live video stream. Anything you want to chime in about, 402-464-5685 on the Honda Lincoln Hotline or the Starter Heyman Text Line. I'm Moss Norman. He's Eric Strickland. Glad you're along with us here for hour two of On the Block. Strick. On the block, brought to us by who? Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. Charles and the crew out there doing it big, 27th and Pine Lake. Shout out and let them know that we sent you if you happen to go out there and have a great meal. I might just pop out there after the show again. If you have a great meal, you always have a great meal when you go to Mary Ellen's. It's good. It's good. Mm -hmm. It's good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that meatloaf burger they had. Oof. Yes, sir. That's Um, still a concept that mm. kind of blows my mind. I'm kind of bummed. Meatloaf burger? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was uh, it it was well put together, and it you know, right spice, right, mm. you know, little seasoning on it. it. Was it was good? I enjoyed that definitely. You put Mary Ellen's name on anything, but Charles's you know stamp on it. I'll believe it's good. Oh yeah, sight oh, unseen. Yeah. yeah, food untasted. You, you know, you you just got to expand your palate. Your palate is just kind of shrunken a little bit. You just got to <laughs> expand it a little bit, just a little bit. It's true. You'll be all right. So we're wrapping up uh, on the block here this hour. Don't forget, though, from 4 to 6, DP and J, they are out at the Mercado for Old School. They're at the Scarlet yesterday. They're out at the Mercado today. So listen to us, but make sure you swing by the Mercado from 4 to 6. Say hi to DP and J. Well, like we like to do every Friday here at this time, we're getting into Strix picks. Two big games. This is our big NFL preview here as we look at it. Do you want to start in the AFC or the NFC, Strix? Well, obviously, I think that the um, I think the AFC would be a well. Shoot, they're both great games. Let's go with the NFC. Okay, starting in the NFC, you have the host Philadelphia Eagles. They earned the one seed in the NFC, hosting the San Francisco 49ers. They got the two seed last week. San Francisco held off Dallas. We talked about that a little bit. While the Eagles blew out the Giants again, this game being played in Philadelphia. The Eagles favored by just about a field goal. It's a two-and-a-half-point line. Strick, your initial thoughts on this game. Well, first of all, you've got um, a potential MVP candidate this year in Jalen Hurts and Mr. Irrelevant in Brock Purdy. Um, Both teams have great uh, options as far as their offensive weapons. You know, obviously you've got Ayuk, you've got Kittle, you've got – Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he's got a treasure trove Debo of things, Samuel. Debo Samuels that you can Elijah throw Mitchell. out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mitchell, yeah. I mean, just don't even forget about that. Mitchell comes off the bench and just still can give you that work. Mm-hmm. It's a great combination of what McCaffrey and Mitchell uh, bring, you know, to the game. Um, and then you got a tremendous defense that handles business on the defensive side of the ball, led by jo- uh, by by Bosa, obviously, and. One of the things, though, is the poise that comes out of Brock Purdy that's so surprising. Then 
the thing that I, and I spoke about this slightly yesterday, the thing that the San Francisco 49ers do, it's very complimentary in handling what the defense of Philly is, right? Um, their ability to get the ball out quick, the different types of um, counters that they could run. You know, they could fake it to a McCaffrey with something coming back with, with uh, you know, Debo Samuels and still have a run option in that. Don't, don't even slip on Brock Purdy's got some okay feet. He's not like just – a guy like he's not like a Tom Brady standing in the pocket. No. Just you, you know, you just surround him, run up, and have your 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 pass lane integrity. Mm-hmm. You better have it intact intact because he becomes an option as well. And then how do you game plan after George Kittle had the kind of week that he had last week? That's the danger. Now you look on the other side of things. You're getting you've got Jalen Hurts back healthy, had a pretty solid game. Um, you know, didn't pass for crazy numbers, 151 yards, rushed for 34. But at the same time, you've still got a one-two. You've got Smith. You've also got uh, A.J. Brown. Then you, you've got uh, Sam, uh, Sanders. So you've got a good combination uh, there as well. Their line is pretty solid. You, you, you can rely on them. They're reliable. Mm-hmm. So how are they going to hold up with, with the staunch defense that the 49ers are going to throw at them? So it's a, it, it's not like it's just an offense against the defense. Both of them have complementary offenses to where they're threats. And this is why I think it's going to be a great game. I really do. I think it's going to be a great game to watch, and I'm looking forward to watching it. The key for me is Philly's pass rush against that San Francisco offensive line. We know that's what San Francisco has been built around with Williams at left tackle, McGlinchey at right tackle. Philadelphia led the league streak with 70 sacks this year. Yeah. 15 more than the second-place team also playing this weekend. We'll get to that in a little bit. 70 sacks. You would think that pressure like that would affect not just a rookie quarterback, but a rookie quarterback taken as the last pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. But if you go back to week 14 for Brock Purdy, he's added the most expected points per drop back of any quarterback in the league. The offense has been number one in terms of expected points added per play uh, since Brock Purdy took over. And he has the highest passer rating of anyone in the league Mm -hmm. since he took over. To me, Philly has to force Brock Purdy to have his first bad game. If Brock Purdy is just okay or fine, San Francisco has enough weapons to win the game. Philly has to make a rookie quarterback look like a rookie quarterback. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I think also something to kind of... Um, you know, just just keep in mind is that how well is his timing going to be after missing? You know, him not having a tremendous game in 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 the last game uh, for Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. uh, as far as passing. Him not having just a tremendous passing game. How well is he going to be able to drop dimes? Are the windows going to be wider or more narrow for him to be able to dart balls into the into those narrow zones so uh, what kind of tricks is is the 49ers going to throw at him Uh, but you got to watch his feet you've got to have line integrity you can't just go rushing upfield and and just think that that's going to be okay um with this with this uh Jalen Hurts led offense so I'm interested just to see the strategies that are going to be implemented for this game and again um, who's going to be used and how effective they're going to be. I still think that for success for Philly, they have to have a run game. 
So it has to be where they're staying ahead of the chains. They can't be behind the chains and just you, you're just sitting back there worried and wondering how they're going to be effective as far as taking care of things in the back. And again, I also will say, Austin, that tackling is going to be a key. Rack yards for Philly is, I mean, not for Philly, but for San for the San Francisco yeah. is, is big. Mm-hmm. You know, them catching balls, them catching balls on, on drags and slants and, you know, you make contact with them. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't bring them down, those guys can turn a, a you know four or five yarder into a twenty, thirty yarder. You know, mm-hmm. so those are things to watch out for. Kittle's a big guy, but Debo's not huge. Ayuk isn't huge, and McCaffrey's not huge. But they're yeah. slippery. They're yeah. elusive. They find their way around tackles, and I think that helps Brock Purdy is that he's not forced to make all these tight window throws. Let's get it to a guy in space and let him do the rest of the work. Brock Purdy's the benefactor because he gets those yards added to his total, and oh, look at him, he can distribute. But I haven't seen a whole lot of you know upper-tier elite, oh, what a throw from Purdy kind of stuff. It's He's getting the ball where it needs to be on time. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is the recipe. And he's getting sense. on and off of his reads really quick. So if it's not his one or twos, he's getting to his threes very quick. It's like he knows where he needs to go with the ball. Go ahead. Absolutely. So on the other side, then, you mentioned that Philly running game. Yeah. Is that Miles Sanders? Is it Jalen Hurts? Is it a combination of the two? What's Philly's best path to success? In well, I think fight? it's definitely going to have to be a combination of two, and that's the thing that you worry about, right? You worry about putting a, a you know a Jalen Hurts who is just coming off of an injury back in harm's way right. <laughs> against right. the hungry and thirsty 49ers defense that wants to you know put some put some leather on you. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I think it has to be a combination. I don't think just Sanders will be able to get it done solo. Something to monitor across both games here is the coordinators are getting interviews across the league. You look at these final four teams in San Francisco and Philly and then Kansas City and Kansas City as well. Their coordinators have gotten head coaching interviews. D'Amico Ryans uh, turned down an interview from the Colts. It seems like there's mutual interest between him and the Texans, though. And Shane Steichen, the Eagles offensive coordinator, interviewed with Indianapolis. Do you think that those interviews play a part given that they happen during the postseason, do you think those guys' heads are where they need to be? I think if you're a professional, they 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 have to be. Mm-hmm. I think that with technology and, and, and the way things are now with film and all these things being available at the, um, you know, the touch of your fingers, I, I, I think your ability to get on a plane, to go and do something – um, your strategy is your strategy, whether you're the OC or, or one, you, you, you have an implementation of what it is you envision. And usually it's a, it's kind of a, an extended arm of who the tree you come from, mm-hmm. you know, that's where you glean and get a lot of your, uh, your, your knowledge about what you want a team to look like. That's why so many teams kind of, you know, when their coach or their OC leaves or whatever, they kind of have a, a little piece of where they came from, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You can kind of see the styles, whether it's West Coast style, whether it's you know play action style, whether it's you know deep ball and uh, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. It, it kind of comes with it. Obviously, the personnel has to match up with it too, but you kind of have an idea of the style that you want to play, and usually it'll come with you. You're making your pick here. Philly favored by two and a half. What's Strick's pick? Yeah, for me, I. I <laughs> You know, I have to give a hand clap for what Jalen Jalen Hurts and, and that Philly squad was able to do this year. I just was. Think, that's past tense. I, I, I just think that there's a special story going on with the 49ers. And I'm not going to say it's ooh, one of those type <laughs> of deals, but I'm going to say that 
I just think that the story continues. And I think, I think if you're a football fan, that's really the kind of story that you want. A storied franchise with a story to tell about Mr. Irrelevant and his emergence coming up after everything looked like it was dead in the water and you find yourself into it. There's no, there's no greater story than that. I thought it could have been with Jalen Hurts with just his turnaround mm-hmm. of what he was able to do, but Mr. Irrelevant just is just seeming – and then Christian McCaffrey. Like, they robbed Carolina Panthers, and he comes over – and the change that he was able to bring to the, t- and then you talk about Debo, and you know, kind of they were kind of wishy washy about whether they wanted to keep. I mean, there's a lot of stories going on over there uh, with that 49ers team, and I think it, it it's a better story to tell, and I'm sure that they would want to be able to. If you're an NFL football fan, or you're an NFL uh, brass, you know, top of the NFL <laughs> chain, right? That's the story you want to sell. On the AFC side, you have the Bengals and the Chiefs. The Bengals have won, I believe, 10 games in a row now. It is including the postseason, their last eight in the regular season. They're on the road going to Arrowhead, or as they're referring to it, Burrowhead. They said that on the sidelines against Buffalo, and the Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones even reiterated that uh, the Bengals were calling it that today. Again, early early storylines for this one, Strick. Well, listen, everybody has been talking about Josh Allen Everybody's been talking about Mahomes. And Joe Burrow is a guy that's been overlooked, has been un, un you know, an unsung type of hero. Everybody is kind of just, you know, even here in Nebraska, how I don't know how we dumb we're <laughs> dumb to let him kind of go when he wanted to be here. But when he when when everybody thought it was going to be Bengals Bills. And they sold 50,000 tickets already. You can tell by the way that he said it that he's got chip on his shoulder. Everybody's talking Mahomes and MVP and all this stuff. And I beat him regularly. So I think he's got he's got a chip on his shoulder that he wants to show and prove that he's that guy. He's got the weapons to do it. Got the running game that's solid. The only issue is can they – can they keep him protected? And that's the thing. He benefited last week from a very, you know, just bad weather. The weather helped that Bengals team. I don't care what anybody says. Because they they were physical. They were able to, you know, get downhill. Um, they made the right plays. It started off early. They got out on him. And they made it tough for the Bills. And so I don't know if they're going to benefit from weather on this one. But – They've got him Holmes, who's now injured, and it's not front. It's not front foot. It's back foot. It's plant foot. It's the foot that matters when you need to make the right throws. It's listen throwing an out with a bad foot. I don't care how strong your arm is. That ball doesn't get there with the same zip as it would. So so keep your eyes keep your eyes on double moves early okay. to try to get. Get stuff, you know, taking advantage of Bengals who are going to be thirsty, chomping at the bit to try to jump on balls, knowing that he could be hindered a little bit. You saw him hobbling. If you saw some of their workouts, you saw they were hobbling a little bit. So keep your eyes on that. Maybe some double moves to get to 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 get out on them early. But then he's where he's dangerous is his ability to slide, to step up, to move out, to have and create these crazy angles to make plays. 
Is he going to still be able to do that? And that's the thing. So now, although the weather helped him last week, could the injury be a help for them this week in being able to contain? Because you saw the numbers were dramatically different from when he started the game without the injury to where it transitioned to when he had the injury. So those are things to keep an eye on for this game. Something interesting I saw from uh, Eric Eager, who I believe is or was with uh, he's a Sumer Sports now. He compared this year's Bengals to last year's Chiefs, where they're coming off a Super Bowl loss. They start four and four, get to 12 wins, and then you beat Buffalo in the divisional round. Clearly, last week wasn't Cincinnati Super Bowl because they've been to a Super Bowl. You can't say the team's you know, playing at Super Bowl if it's been there, done that. If a team believes in itself like Cincinnati does. Mm-hmm. The way they handled Buffalo in that game, though, makes me wonder just how much is left in the tank for them. I mean, yeah. obviously, they're riding high. They're, they've won 10 games in a row in the National Football League. That's hard to do. Incredibly difficult to do. Yeah. Have they used up all their magic? Again, 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs the last two seasons. That's got to count for something. Winning 10 in a row has got to count for something. Mahomes being injured has to count for something. But have the Bengals hit a wall, given the way they kind of struggled against Baltimore, but eked it out, got up for Buffalo. Do you think they come out ready to play? Do you think that this is a team that might fight in the first half, but kind of in an inverse of last year, gets tired in the second half? <sighs> That's a tough one. Um, I, I just, I, I, would, I would think that when you're looking at all that's at stake, how you came up short last year, mm-hmm. To find yourself on the verge of getting back with an opportunity, and we both know, and those who are listening know, that it's first hard to do to get back, let alone, you know, just think about what the Bills did back with Jim Kelly and that that whole getting back five times and, and still coming up. Not getting a one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just So just that that in itself, how difficult it is to do, but you're on the verge of it. And then everybody that thought you would have been gone a game before now, I, I I don't see that. I don't see that there'd be a lack of energy or a lack of uh, focus or anything like that coming into that game. Plus, they're coming at you because they, they haven't beat you, mm-hmm. you know? Three times. You know what I mean? So I think the intensity of the moment, and I would say – it's better that Cincinnati's on the road thinking about what you, you just said. Time. Them being on the road where you're the road warriors. You're coming in. You're in a hostile environment. It's, done, it's different than sleeping in your own bed, being comfortable, eating that good you know, porridge and food. and You know, <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. it, it's different. But mm-hmm. being on the road, you can kind of focus. You get away from family. You get away from the noise. You get away from the local news. Everybody's talking about you. Everybody's talking down on you. Nobody expects you to do it. Everybody's trying to downplay it because of the fact that you have the Mahomes and the injury and all the situation, and you've lost. They're trying to downplay it. But when you think about it like that, it helps to be on the road. And so hopefully that'll, that'll bode well for them to get a win. On the flip side of things for Kansas City, Obviously, Mahomes has the ankle issue. Able to play through it after a couple drives last week. As important as the quarterback position is, as much as Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the NFL, for my money, the most important player for Kansas City has to be Travis Kelsey. I don't know who Cincinnati has to match up with him. I'm sure they'll throw different looks at them. 
but everyone and their grandma knows how important Travis Kelsey is to Patrick Mahomes and his success. To me, this is on Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy to get Travis Kelsey open, to put him in those advantageous situations, to make life as easy as possible for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he had double-digit catches last, and everybody knew the ball was going to him, and yet he still found a way. Um, I just think the difference is, is are they going to get it to him quickly? Are they going to be able to get downfield? What is his drops going to be like? Mm-hmm. Is definitely probably going to be a lot of shotgun action as opposed to under center. Um, so that could minimize some of your, your playbook as far as your run game, your play action game, your rollout game. All of these different things can be affected because it's going to put stress and strain on you. So, you know, if, if you have a, a, a smaller playbook, there's ways and route patterns and ways to defend because you got to make somebody else beat you. You know what I mean? You've got to make those outside receivers to try to to beat you. Can you get deep? It's going to be tough for him to step up in the pocket, mm-hmm. move around in the pocket as he was if he was healthy as opposed to now that he's injured. So I, I think there's ways to knock off Kelsey, get up under Kelsey, uh, drop out of coverage and you know from the line, do different things like that to try to stay up under them so they can't get the ball to Kelsey quickly mm-hmm. and force them to try to run over into the middle and different things like that where you've got some more help. The second most important guy might be Chris Jones on the defensive line. Kansas City, I didn't realize this till today, second in the league in sacks with 55. You mentioned just how well Cincinnati's line played last week. Do they have another performance like that in them or is Chris Jones going to feast? I mean, I think Chris Jones is going to be disruptive. Okay, I think he's going to be very disruptive. I don't um, whether it's feast. Uh, I I don't know, um, but Chase hasn't done nothing crazy. They've been Boyd and Chase and Higgins, mm-hmm. and and those guys have been the ball has been distributed very well between them. Mm-hmm. Um, will that leave room for somebody to have a big game? We'll see. Um, I think they'll probably try to get the ball out quicker then they will um, allowing, uh, you know, Burrow to be hit a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll want to try to establish the run game. They'll want to try to establish the run game to kind of just keep those guys at bay a little bit, slow down the linebackers a little bit, maybe have to bring a safety down, and then you give yourself an opportunity to open up some things. Um, they'll probably want to establish those things early. They may take a chance or two early just to try to open the game up a little bit. And so, we'll, we'll, you know, those are going to be some things to keep an eye on as well. Text line hits us. With a who day. Kansas City's favored by one. Do you echo the who day? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go with until, – until somebody beats the Bengals, I'm going with them. Okay. So I'm going with both road teams. Wow, and 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 you know that comes from me being a just I'm a road I'm a road warrior type. I love going into other people's buildings and shutting them up. Done. I love and, and so I'm always just like just an underdog type of guy. <laughs> I'm always an underdog type of guy, Austin. There you go. Strix picks the Niners and the Bengals to meet in the Super Bowl in a couple weekends. We'll come back with more on the block right after this.